0: You've arrived at the Talent Destination, a podcast dedicated to the art of building a company your team will love. If you hang around and listen, you'll experience what it's like to work at Refine Labs and learn effective strategies to create the conditions for people to do the best work of their lives. Now to this episode. Welcome to the Talent Destination, the podcast that's dedicated to the art of building a company your team will love. I am so excited to be back with you today. I'm your co-host, Jessica Williams. I'm the Vice President of People at Refine Labs. And sitting in today for my co-host, Megan, is the honorary guest. We have a special guest, Jordan Anderson. Jordan, introduce yourself.
1: Thank you. Hello, everyone. I'm Jordan Anderson, People Operations Manager here at Refine Labs, and I'm super excited to be Talent Destination's first ever guest host. And today we're talking about my absolute favorite topic, people onboarding.
0: Let's do this. And so for the people that have listened to previous episodes, you will have heard me talk about Jordan several times. We now have a game about how much I'm going to bring up Jordan. <laughs> a right-hand person. All of the initiatives that we do, none of it would be possible without Jordan. So I want to acknowledge that because she's such a key part in the people team. And so I'm so excited to have her talk about onboarding because as we know, onboarding is so important. So from the day someone signs a document and they are coming on board, you need to make an impression. And so, Jordan, what do you think about that? Like, why do you think that onboarding is so important? And like, why have you, I think you've taken it on almost as a specialty. Like, give me insight into
1: why. Yeah, totally. I mean, like you said, those first impressions really do matter. And those first 90 days are super critical to what a new hire thinks about the company, how they fit into the company, how they feel included or not feel included. And I I do think that onboarding is really worth the investment, especially when it comes to retention and all these metrics that obviously we're tracking as part of people operations. And I think it's one of the most important things that we do at Refine Labs
0: absolutely. So even when I think of definitions, and Jordan knows that I love definitions, I define things for people, not because I'm trying to be a smart ass, but because like, <laughs> people say things and they mean different things to different people. So when I think of onboarding, I truly mean the day that they sign the offer letter, that start, that's when onboarding starts. A lot of companies don't see it that way. And they kind of go from like day one, but there's some. there's normally like two to three weeks in there where the person is getting ready. And that's an opportunity to make an impression. So we even send them a playlist, like we get detailed with them. So give me your thoughts on, you know, from day one, when they sign, how are you making an impression?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, that you're totally right. And that a lot of companies think that, okay, on the first day, that's when we can like pull out the roll out the red carpet. But it's really before that first day. Like I know when I started find Labs, there's all this excitement. There's a lot of anxious energy in terms of like, what can I expect? Like I was definitely stalking people on LinkedIn, trying to see who are my coworkers going to be. And I love that we provide so much information ahead of time. So we provide new hires with a new hire spotlight, you know, because we want to get to know them. We want to get to know their interests outside of work. In addition to that, we also provide access to our entire kind of repository of spotlights for the rest of the team members. They can get to know like, okay, who else likes the same shows that I like or the same music? Like you mentioned the Spotify playlist. And I think the main goal for us is just maintaining their excitement And also just kind of easing those pre-first date jitters. Absolutely. So it's funny
0: you said that about LinkedIn because, yeah, I definitely knew who everyone is. I knew all about <laughs> LinkedIn. And then also Megan and I were texting. So like throughout my, I think I had like a three week period because of my role that I had to give my last company. So throughout that three weeks, Megan was like texting me things that were going on or things that I would be taking over. And it did help me like, at first it helped me build that relationship with Megan. And two, it made me feel like I was coming in and I wasn't coming in blind because I was coming into a VP role, which can feel overwhelming of like, okay, what is everyone doing? So even a simple text message from the manager to the new hire can like help ease that anxiety. So I would say that's a nugget that people can use, like just text and see how they're doing. Or I remember Megan even asked me, how did it go when I told my my other manager I was leaving? Because that's also a big deal. So even that check in that I accepted this job, but this means I have to leave another job, that's small, but it, it, it did help
1: <laughs> absolutely and I've also seen a lot of our managers send like an email and just be like hey I'm so excited for you to join my team and that also kind of you know we are hiring top tier talent and they have lots of options for where they'd like to work and so sometimes you need that extra layer of confirmation like okay like I did make the right decision my manager is excited to have me I'm excited to be there and I think that really goes a long way to making the onboarding experience from their first day onward like just laying the foundation for
0: You are so correct. It's the foundation. And to your point, I read a statistic recently that said most people have two to three offers when they accept an offer. So, and let's be clear to the people leaders out there, just because someone says like they give you a verbal offer until they sign, they might still be considering other offers. So don't think once they sign on the dotted line that, oh, you got them. We do not. So make sure that onboarding is good. So with that being said, let's think about onboarding from like a big picture, what, what's going on at the company level, and then how that impacts like the employee experience or the new hire experience. So give me your thoughts on the big picture.
1: Yeah, I feel like big picture, one thing that's really overlooked sometimes is Letting the team know, the rest of the team know that we have a new hire or a new team member, right? And so one of the things that I love that we do is announce in our all hands, like, hey, these are the people that we hired for the new, the open senior graphic designer role or the open director of demand role. And that in turn gets the rest of the team ready to receive that new hire. Um, And I think that that is a really important part of onboarding too, is like helping prepare the team For the new team member, right? So I think that's a big part of my first point, which is that first impressions matter. But I also think another really important thing is to monitor processes, right? And ensure that they're seamless on the back end because new team members will feel when there are process gaps or process holes or like when two people in the same department or same team aren't communicating as effectively as they could.
0: I think what you just picked up on is such a good thing to talk about because there are normally in most companies, there's something, if you have a new hire, they're, they're there to fill a role. So there's a problem or there's like, there's a gap that needs to be filled. Now, New hires are very good on picking up on small details that other people, because they've been here a while, might not see. So if there's something going on on the team when it comes to dynamics, new hires can pick that up so quick. I remember my first week; I could see like, okay, these two people might not like each other. You know what I mean? Like you could just tell in the cadence of their voice. And so it's very important that the team dynamics are also front of mind. You can bring in a new hire, but you also need to think about the current team and how are they going to receive that person. What's the respect level? Who's onboarding them? Do they have a new hire buddy? All of those things are like details that will matter because getting somebody in the door is one thing, keeping them is a completely different thing. So yeah, being mindful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, speak for myself and the rest of my team, like I love my job. I love working here. And I think that a lot of my new team members are able to feel that, you know? So I think Part of onboarding is having people who are excited to do their jobs, who really enjoy working where you know they work. And I think that, like you said, new team members will easily pick up on the vibes. Even if we are in a fully remote environment, I think vibes transfer for sure.
0: What about feedback? So how often are we getting feedback from new hires or even from the management team? Because I think it's kind of a two ways.
1: Totally. I think feedback is super critical to onboarding success just because you're doing something well, or, you know, you, you may send an onboarding survey and say like, oh, okay. We got, you know, like high marks on that. We're doing everything great. Like you have to remember that new team members are in a honeymoon period. Like the first two weeks, it's like, they're super excited to be there. You know, they're meeting people. They, you know, get an onboarding box. It's great. But checking in to see like 30 days in, how, how are things feeling 60 days and 90 days? And because sometimes sentiments will change or sometimes certain processes that were in place when one new ho- hire cohort started are different. And like getting that continuous feedback is important to keep refining that onboarding experience for your team team first.
0: Okay, I see you using refining. No, yeah, I'm Absolutely. just gonna drop it in
1: there, okay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yes, feedback, 30, 60, 90 day check-ins and even further, but that first 30 days is just so critical. And there's a way to course correct. So if you're not getting that feedback in the first 30 days, are you really able to say like, oh, that's fixable? So sometimes new hires, literally what they need or the information they need is so simple and it's easy, but if they don't know who to ask, they don't know how to effectively get the feedback, then they're kind of just left on an island and that's the worst place that they can feel like they are in the first 30 days. So I even think course correction. So that first 30 days, like if something's not right, you can course correct and you can you know, give them the information that they need to be successful. And there's so much when it comes to onboarding. So I wanna make sure you know this episode can go on for quite a while. You know? <laughs> so we can continue to do this. So we might have to do multiple episodes, but I want to get into, we've talked about before the first day and all of that. So, but on their first day, like how should it feel on the first day?
1: Yeah. The first day it's like, that is the time, like the spotlights on, on the company. It's like, okay, is the place that I've been seeing like on LinkedIn and like, hearing about, is it what it says it is, you know? I think what we're known for at Refine Labs is having an amazing culture. And I think just giving them an introduction to that, not only the culture, but like other team members, leadership, our value proposition, some of the clients we work with and our tools, like that is so important. And obviously you can't fit in all of that in one day, but I think giving them like a high level, like this is what you can expect during your onboarding process. Your onboarding process will be one week or two weeks. And here here are all the links that you need to access all of these tools. And also setting the expectation that, hey, you won't get this all in one day. It's okay that it takes time. And we have that time set aside for you.
0: And they get their schedule before they even start. So that's another big thing that helped me when I had anxiety was that I could see what I was going to be doing. And like, I would then look at that document and go look at people's LinkedIn and say, oh, this is the person I'm meeting. We're talking about this. So I felt more prepared than w- when you show up on your first day and you get the piece of paper and you don't know who you're talking to or where you're supposed to go. And over-communication, because we are fully distributed, is important. Tell You're going to have to tell new hires the same thing several different times in several different ways, on Slack, on email, on a Zoom, on a Loom. I feel like I'm like in a hat and a cat. And like, <laughs> all of that because you need to over- communicate because they they're sitting at home in their living room or wherever their office and they need information and normally they don't know who to go to so it's ironic because most of them come to you Jordan because you first We recently had an offsite and it's funny because everyone knew who Jordan was if they didn't know either. <laughs> they knew who Jordan was because she did onboarding. And I think that's such a special gift in that they know who you are. They feel comfortable coming to you for questions, but also we're about to have 120 people. So 120 people to one Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> You're a key part of that because they feel like they can come to you and you help facilitate, you know, getting them answers. And that's kind of the biggest part in that first couple of days. Let's talk about the individual success plans because that's unique to Refine Lab. So give us some insight on what that is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So ISPs, our Individualized Success Plans, Are detail all the role-specific competencies that a new hire will need in whichever role they're in. So it's important that we give that to new team members on their first day because that helps give them kind of like a North Star and like, okay, this is what's expected of me. And how can I posture myself to meet these competencies? How can I like meet with my new hire buddy, which is something else we haven't talked about, but how can I ask my new hire buddy how they achieve these competencies? And it's important to have that on your first day because it gives you something to look forward to. And in tandem with that, we also provide access to our career mapping because in addition to like performing the competencies of their role, it's like, well, how else can I grow in the company? How can I set myself up for success at Refine Labs? But I think that that's a really, really important part of our new hires feeling- you know, part of that first 90 days is having that role specific confidence, you know, like I know what is expected of me and I know how to ask for help when I don't know how to meet this expectation. And
0: this is very millennial of me, but I know that even when you start a new job, people are like, "Oh, you need to be, you know, think about where you are." But most millennials, and I can speak for, I'm speaking for the millennials right now, we get a job and then we're already thinking about the next step. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we just go ahead and like, oh, here it is. Here's the career pathing. Here's what you will need to get to the next level, so that that's they know that from day one, so it's not a surprise. Let's talk about the new hire buddy. You just mentioned that, but yeah, insight into like how are we choosing those buddies? What are their what are they expected to do
1: absolutely so the new hire buddies are it could be somebody who's in the same role as a new hire or same department or same functionality but really it's to have peer support so yes i love when people come to me i love being a switchboard it's like (laughs) i mean i know how to solve it but i know who to ask to solve your problem and i love having that function but it's also nice to have peer support with someone who's doing your job or your function in the day-to-day So those are typically chosen by um, direct managers who know, like, okay, this PMM or performance marketing manager um, is also new and, like, but has been in the role long enough to be able to, like, advise, be in an advisory capacity and support capacity for a new team member. Um, And so what they do is meet with the new team member, like, their first week, their second week. And beyond, you know, when it comes to someone to ask for help for questions or locating documents or files and things like that. And I think that's a great way to help get new team members acclimated with asking questions, like leaning on peers for support. That's a huge part of being a team, which is one of the things that I pride, I, I love about our fun Labs.
0: I 100% agree. And then we give out swag. So when somebody starts with us, they are going to get a welcome box, which I absolutely love. So tell us about the welcome box.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think the welcome box is so critical, especially for remote first companies, because, you know, you get this new job, you're super excited to be there, but then you don't really have anything tangible. You know, it's like, well, do you know, I have this like online presence, you know, or like Slack or LinkedIn, but what do I have that's tangible? And I think that is another way to like surprise and delight. That's something that is really important to us at Refine Labs. And with new hires, it's like, oh, I have a Refine Labs t-shirt or like Refine Labs hat or mug or something that like, feels real, you know, that feels like I can touch and like be part of this, something bigger than myself, which I think is what all new team members want. I agree. Before we
0: had the boxes, I, and this is only for my team. So the other members of the squad don't come for me, (laughs) but I send my team all like welcome gifts because I want them to feel a part of like my teams. And then that kind of morphed into us sending people welcome boxes, which I absolutely love. But I say this for the leaders out there, if you guys don't have like welcome boxes, then get on Amazon. And like, if somebody's joining your team, send them a book. Or I even sent one of my new hires a jar that had like inspirational quotes that they could pick out of the jar. It was like less than $20, but it's just something to welcome somebody to the team and like, let them know that like, I see you, you're here. And I I, like, you are welcome. So I think it, very simple, but it goes a long way. I've I've felt welcomed in that way when someone, and it could be anything, like it does not have to be expensive. So that's a really good tip. What about, what do you think people might get wrong about onboarding? There's some misconceptions out there about onboarding and you know, I have a lot of ideas on this, but I want to give you the first go with this. What do you think? Yeah, people- absolutely.
1: I have lots of opinions on this, but I think sometimes what I've experienced in different companies is that it's like, overlooked or it's just kind of like oh this is like it has to happen there's not a lot of attention to detail it's like okay this is something that new hires will do you know the first two weeks and then you know after that they'll be fully onboarded it's like no onboarding is like the first 90 days and maybe even beyond you know like the 90 plus days you're still making that first impression on the hire like you said like we have top tier talent you know they could work anywhere it's like we want to we still have to impress them you know we still need to impress them and that extends beyond the first couple of weeks.
0: So funny story about what you just said at a previous employer, I had this situation happen to me and it has stuck in my head and I truly believe it. So we had a new hire come on board. This is someone that we fought for. She had other offers. And in that first 90 days, One of those offers came back to her and said, hey, we know you made this decision, but do you still like it? How's it going? Because we still have the offer on the table. So I say that to say it's not over when you think it's over. (laughs) So smart talent and people ops people go back to the person. So let's say if it was somebody that they chose another company, some of them will go back to them 60, 90 days later and say, are you happy there? Because we still have a role for you. So be mindful.
1: <laughs> I think that's so real. Yeah. And I hear that from team members all the time. Like as we're doing onboarding interviews, like I mentioned at the, you know, the 60 day, 30 day mark, 60 day mark, ninety day mark, we're checking in because let me just go, go down a little rabbit hole really quickly. You know, we do send an onboarding survey after the first couple of weeks, but the one thing about surveys is that the data is very flat. It can give you trends, you know, you can see data in aggregate, but really, those interviews are synchronous. You know, we do them over Zoom. It's a conversation. And I believe that we get more textured data from those conversations. And one of the things that I hear, you know, with the great talent that we have here is the people sliding in those LinkedIn DMs and being like, hey, like, we can <laughs> yeah. get things that fine labs, come work for us. And so we constantly need those, um, you know, touch points and like to surprise and delight and like keep our benefits competitive and all these things because, People will get poached.
0: It goes down in the DMs. It goes down. (laughs) It goes down in the DMs. But no, it's so true. You have to be mindful of that. And another area I think that people get wrong is kind of rushing through the onboarding to get people up to speed to start, quote unquote, working or to start making an impact. Or if they're client facing, they want them, you know, within two weeks to be doing things for the client, which I get it. There's a business case for, you know, money and all of those things. But it also, you can tell when it feels rushed. You can tell when it's not genuine. You can tell when it's checking a box and you feel like almost, you know, kind of when you were in an office that you were kind of like sat in the corner and just told, look at these onboarding documents, sign here, sign here, sign here,
1: and then let's get to work. It's just not genuine. Right. And I think, thank you for saying that. I feel like sometimes there's such an emphasis on business. It's like for legal reasons, sign this paper and sign that paper and select this. But it has to be a really great mix of benefits and fun. You know, like, are there meet and greets? You know, are there opportunities? You know, we do a really cool thing here, which I think it's called Refined Dining, where we do, like, uh, you know, like, where new hires can meet together and they get lunch on Refined Labs, which is great. That's fun. It's like, yeah, I want to Uber eat some lunch, you know. i to be on the company, and that's a great way to also, like, you know, foster the relationship with the new hire cover. It can't just be all business, is the point there.
0: And then I... Our new hires are very comfortable giving us feedback. We believe in psychological safety. And sometimes that feedback is not necessarily, you know, we're like, oh, we think we're doing good. And they're like, oh, you could do better. (laughs) Which is fine. We're open to that. But the continuous feedback loop between management and then also between the people team and how we could do things better That's really new because at most places, you're not able to give that feedback. They're like, this is our standard process. This is what it's always been. This is what it's always going to be. And we do not function like that. Everything's flexible.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think that's such a great point because I think that new hires and new team members have the best feedback about the onboarding process. They just, they, they went through it, they're going through it. And, you know, we get set up all day as a people team and think like trying to strategize and say like, okay, what should we do for employee onboarding boxes? Or like, what's, you know, a new initiative that we can roll out. But the feedback from new, new hires is really critical to like keeping the onboarding process fresh and exciting and competitive. Right.
0: And then let's talk about our team because I do think a lot of people just insight on like our people team, specifically when it comes to onboarding. So it's you, and then we have Hope, who is also helping with onboarding. So give us insight into like what both of you are doing. And I only say this because I think a lot of teams are either they don't have someone that's dedicated to onboarding, or maybe they're an HR department of one. And so they're kind of like putting it together themselves. But what what do you think people need to effectively do onboarding? Does it take two people or give us some insight.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's really good. I mean, I definitely think that onboarding is not just the responsibility of the people team. It is cross-departmental. You have to have leadership buy-in. You have to have buy-in from key figureheaders. We call we call them influencers, ever buy them. You have to have that buy-in, right? And if you don't have that, it just putting it all on one person or two people isn't wise. And I love that at Refined Labs, we do people like, honestly, our our new team members get the most love, <laughs> you know, whenever we have like people blowing up the Slack channel when there's a new hire and like celebrating that they're there. So I do think it takes a team. I also think that again, like that's where the feedback comes into like, ask, ask new hires for help. It's like, Oh, do you have any ideas? Do you have do you want to be on a welcome committee? You know, just engaging them as much as possible is, is really good too.
0: Getting that feedback, it if you don't get it, you're shooting yourselves in the foot. That's what I would say. If you don't get the feedback on someone's experience, you're going to, well, I disregard that. You're going to get the feedback, but it might be on Glassdoor. It might be in a review when they leave. It might be in an exit survey. But we need to change our mindset to like stay surveys and getting people to stay here in that is a perfect segue into like, how was their onboarding experience and why have they stayed versus, you know, like I said, you're going to get the feedback, but it just might not be how you want it.
1: (laughs) Right. And like, I think with that, you can't wait for new team members to come to you with feedback. Sometimes you have to prompt it and be like, hey, just check, I haven't heard from you. You know, the last 30 days, like what's going on? Like, how are things? And that's why I love the people function because it feels, I think it feels lower stakes for new hires to be like, hey, I do have this feedback. Like, I I don't have the resources that I need. And really our function is to like help eliminate those roadblocks, help enable them to feel comfortable in their role, to help enable them to feel comfortable in the company.
0: So once somebody gets beyond the 90-day mark, which at a lot of companies, that's kind of the cutoff mark, but I really think it's like the first six months. But here's the thing at mm-hmm. Refine Labs, we're such a young company that if you've been here six months, it feels like, you know, three years. So, <laughs> but once you get past that 90-day mark, like what can we do to continue to keep people engaged?
1: Absolutely. So like you mentioned, the state interviews, just continue to gather data, like, okay, like what made you not respond to the LinkedIn DM slide? You know, like what, you know, what makes you excited to work here? Or what are some pain points? You know, because I think being open to receiving that more critical feedback is, I can't stress that enough. That is so open. And also when you receive the critical feedback, actioning on it, not just like taking it in because team members will notice that. They'll notice if like they're giving feedback and being vulnerable and nothing's being done like three months later. And one of the things that I get most excited about is, you know, after, you know, we do the 30 or 60 day interviews with someone, they give us feedback about the onboarding process. Then at the 90 day mark when I'm like, how have things been going? They're like, I'm super excited to like notice that this thing has been changed. The thing that I mentioned has been changed. And it's like, yes, that is awesome, you know, because then that helps build trust, right? So state interviews are super critical. Also, one of the things that Jessica started, actually, Chris Chris was doing this before, but Jessica has really taken this and ran with it is personal calls, which I think is such a value add in remote-only environments.
0: So funny thing about these personal calls, I have terrified several, several people. I now realize that I need to Slack people before I call them. Because for most people, if the VP of people is calling you, they are terrified. So I've had a couple of people where I call them, they don't answer, and they slack me like, "Is there, like what's going on?" You know? <laughs> and I'm like, "I just want to see how you're doing. I just want to talk to you as like a person." Note to the HR team: like, let them know why you're calling. Don't scare. Them. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. And I've definitely been on the receiving end of one of Jessica's calls. My heart's like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> it's like literally, she starts the call and she's like. I'm just calling the check-in, like, want to see how you're doing, which means so much. You know, I feel super seen, right? And that feels like, you know, in the, you know, we have really full calendars full of Zoom meetings where we are handling business. It feels really good to know that I'm seen as a person. So I think that that's huge in a very, like, low, not low stakes, but accessible way that doesn't cost anything to care about somebody. So <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So, as we wrap up and think about onboarding, is there some like nugget or some wisdom that you would want to share with either people that are onboarding or the team that is doing the onboarding?
1: The biggest thing that I can share is actually a really small thing. Just don't skimp on your candidate's onboarding experience, invest time in it, invest in a team. <laughs> you know, like one of my jobs is to look at our full like operations like from a candidate's when they get the offer letter to their first 90 days what are we doing (laughs) you know what are we doing and i think spending that time investing financially into swag boxes into um platforms that you can host really cool new hire events on into lunches things like that go so far when it comes to retention so don't just like write it off as something that has to happen but like really be mindful about that onboarding experience
0: the intention behind it is so key. And to your point, I think for like the business leaders out there, this is not just on the people team. So to Jordan's earlier point, this is on the managers as well. Let's be clear. Everybody knows the saying people leave managers. Um, Nobody's leaving and being like the people team, you know, no, (laughs) the managers. So they are such an integral part of making someone feel welcomed because to Jordan's point, we can go above and beyond on the people team, but we are not their managers. So once they leave us, like the safety of you know our onboarding, and then they go to their team, if they do not feel welcome there, it's basically all for nothing because we are not their managers. So it has to be an environment of peace. That's what I would say. An environment of peace where the managers know their roles and the people team, and they're working together to make sure onboarding is key for everyone. So- Don't just put it on the people team. Like, oh, the people team owns onboarding. Eh, not so much.
1: (laughs) Even small things like asking your new hires, like, how's it going? You know, how are you feeling? I think that that is important to all the business things that do need to happen, you know, as we ramp up a new team member, just like asking how they're doing, you know, like we're asking it too, but also means something coming from their direct manager.
0: It doesn't cost anything to be kind and it doesn't cost anything to treat somebody like a whole human. So how are you sleeping? What can I do to support you? That is a key thing that I take very personal on my team is asking people how I can support you, especially if they are a new hire. They're trying to figure it out now. Depending on the role, I do know that some people feel uncomfortable as me being a VP telling me. And, and so I've had to thought, figure out ways to ask that question in like roundabout ways. Like, how are you sleeping? Are you stressed? And then I can get into what's going on. So as, if you're a leader, be very mindful of how you're asking the questions and don't be the only one. So like I'm asking the question. Jordan's asking the question. like We're like saturating them with love. Like, you, we see you. We want to know what's going on. And so I have gotten that feedback where they're like, everybody's checking on me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's how it should be. That is definitely how it should be. Well, thank you so much, Jordan. I have really enjoyed this conversation. Obviously you and I could talk all day, every day. I know. I was like, when am I coming back? I can't wait.
1: You know, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you will be guest hosting in the future. So with that in mind, I think the biggest point of this whole podcast was onboarding is so important. And it starts the day the offer letter is signed. And truly, if we really think about it, it never ends because even once you are somewhere and you feel like you got it, and let's say you get a promotion, you're starting in a new role. Or another thing that Jordan might want to come back and talk about is we've talked about re-onboarding people that are out on some type of leave. So like parental leave, like how do we re-onboard people that you know, are leaving for a few months and then they're coming back. So there's so many levels to onboarding where it's just not, you know, get somebody in here and let them sit at a desk and figure it out. Those are over. And if that's your onboarding, expect that the people are going to leave. So you're not serving yourself or the company or the business with all the time that's put into recruiting if you do not have a great onboarding experience. So- business leaders out there just keep that in mind so that with that being said and remember we don't want to just build a company we want to build a talent destination (laughs) okay look at us yes so good (laughs) this was awesome thank you so much Jordan
1: yes thank you for having me see you soon
0: Side effects of listening to this podcast include, but are not limited to, increased employee engagement, retention of high potential employees, and becoming a badass in the people, talent, or operations space. If you're looking for a new role, Refine Labs would love to hear from you. Go to refinelabs.com slash careers for more insight into amazing opportunities at our fully distributed workforce.